Welcome to Untold Physio Stories Podcast, your perfect commute resource with physio failures, successes, interesting cases, and more from the physio and rehab world with your host, Drs. Andrew Rothschild and Urson Religioso. If you've had dreams of starting your own side hustle, make sure to check out Curve Health Online. They have an iPad, iPhone, and Android app, and they only take home 7% of whatever it is you charge. Otherwise, it's free for their all-in-one computer vision, exercise library, HIPAA-compliant messaging system, and telehealth platform. Again, check it out at modmt.com slash curve, C-U-R-V, and make sure to tell them Dr. E sent you. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories Podcast. I'm one of your host, Dr. E, with Edge Mobility System Modern Manual Therapy, our four-month online mentoring session, Modern Rehab Mastery, and my all-new Eclectic Approach Network. It's a free private network. You can check that out, modmt.com slash members. My co-host is... Dr. Andrew Rothschild of Modern Patient Education. Yeah, and uh, he's about to start up his old podcast again. So be sure to look out for that. It's coming one of these days. I don't well, know when. One of these days, always. <laughs> right, yeah. Just like uh, like changing your name on on social media. That's right, which I haven't, uh, it's, I've, I've stuck with it and haven't gone back. All right. So Andrew has a story today. I do. So um, I saw a patient a couple weeks ago, um, came in from a referral from a, a sports medicine doc, who's, he's a non-surgical um, ortho, uh, sports medicine doc. Ironically, I don't want to give away too much information, but we, the patient and I have a lot in common, um, including age and um, our initials, actually, and more, more than that even, which is kind of funny, I'll tell you off air. Um, but uh, so 40, you know, 46-year-old male, no mechanism of injury, no real history of a lot of physical activity, exercise, these kinds of things. Um, he had, you don't. He doesn't have that in common with you, though. <laughs> no, not not that part. Just just in okay. Just in name and age. Oh, I see. Total slob. Yeah. yeah. Like he like he's a he's, he walks. He does some running. He doesn't really do a lot of like upper body type exercise. No real major history of it. Didn't do a lot of like sports with upper body type you know um, requirements that kind of thing. Um. But he had been started do he had started been doing some like plank workouts like over the summer, but nothing nothing crazy. Started developing shoulder pain. I guess he's had a history of shoulder pain in, in, in past past years, but he couldn't recall a lot of details or specifics or like again any specific mechanism of, of injury. But he was having shoulder pain both sides, left more than right. Um, difficulty lifting his arm overhead, he said, but it wasn't even that it was like super painful. He just couldn't lift his arm overhead. He had gotten an injection in each shoulder about, uh, he had like two weeks. So they waited two weeks after the injection before coming in, uh, to see me. Um, and when I saw him, he had almost full range of motion actively, but you tell on the, on the left side, especially he was kind of really compensating, um, and then I was testing strength, and he was really, really weak. External rotation, abduction on the left side, like full can testing, 
really weak, but not painful, just weak, but like really could not hold against resistance. On the right side, he was also weak, but he could at least hold a little bit against resistance, but really not as darkly weak as it was on the left side. Um, so I was like, you know, let me, let me take your shirt off. Let me just kind of see what's going on here. And I kind of saw how he was really compensating. Like he was kind of really getting a lot of like, you know, scapular elevation, kind of rotating in the thoracic spine to the left side when bringing the left arm overhead. But the big thing was he had significant atrophy, like in the infraspinatus area, both sides. So bilaterally. Left, definitely a little bit more than right, but it was pretty significant. It was really just in that infraspinatus area. Um, and then, you know, tested strength again, tested external rotation kind of in multiple, multiple angles. Um, you know, bicep strength, fine. Tricep strength, fine. Internal rotation was fine. Um, and so it was really... That, that kind of really gave me pause. Number one, that he had significant atrophy, the fact that it was bilateral. And so in my mind, I'm thinking we're either dealing with, and the fact that it was also weakness without pain, you know, and as, you know, most often the only two causes of weakness without pain are a complete muscle tendon rupture or some sort of nerve injury. And again, without having a specific mechanism, it was it was just very bizarre. You know, the, thing, the only options I could think of was a complete rotator cuff tear. Um, again, it was abduction, external rotation was the, was where the weakness was. No mechanism again, but it was also on the right side. It's like, what are the odds you'd have two two like, you know, a one major rotator cuff tear and one pretty significant rotator cuff tear bilaterally, no mechanism, only mid 40s, not a history of a lot of upper body repetitive upper body activities. Or could he have some weird, nerve, like a peripheral nerve injury? Didn't seem like nerve root because there wasn't, you know, he didn't have other weaknesses that you would have expected with a C5 or C6, 7 nerve root issue. Um, Maybe suprascapular nerve was my thought. You know, sometimes you can get both the, the supra and infraspinatus involved with a, with a uh, suprascapular nerve injury, but it depends on where the lesion happens. But again, that's also most common with people with maybe with repetitive, a lot of repetitive overhead activities. Um, sometimes you can have, I know there's these sometimes weird outlying idiopathic um, nerve injury. I had a patient way back in the beginning of my career who had this idiopathic long thoracic nerve injury. Just, you know, sometimes I know they can result from viruses and these kinds of things. But um, I called the doctor, I sent him the photo, um, and then said, like, you know, look, I, I mean, I'm happy to treat him because he, you know, definitely will work on some strengthening. But it's like, there probably needs to be some further workup in the meantime, either MRI or EMG kind of stuff, just to kind of get a handle on what might be going on, just because it's a very, uh, bizarre presentation so i was curious what your what your thoughts were e. oh that's it <laughs> yeah and that's, that's 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 so i've only seen him one other time and then we just worked on some okay. strength he's able to do strengthening like it's not like he has nothing but it's just like the yeah. fact that there's such painless painless weakness and no mechanism and you know, relatively young yeah, I mean, the painless weakness reminds me of a patient. I don't know if you ever heard me talk about this. I don't know if it was with Jason or if I spoke to you about this patient with me. Uh, There's a kid I saw 
who was close to becoming like a pro tennis player and you know he had some shoulder pain um full range but um you know this is back when i looked at everyone without their shirt on because i'm doing lots of palpation and everything i was mostly a, a classical manual therapist back then it's probably only two or three years into my career because i know i was still working i had a clinic inside a tennis club and i was a big tennis player myself so this kid is a really amazing tennis player but um there was just like something like he just couldn't quite make it and for whatever reason i don't know if like one of his strokes wasn't good i, I mean if i had to think about it if it was his right shoulder i don't know if it was his his backhand or something like that anyway um so we, i i take a shoulder off and i'm looking at it and he basically has a huge i mean for someone who is like really jacked um he had just a huge hollow point where his supraspinatus was mm. i mean and like there was just nothing i mean i i don't know if it was atrophy or i would just call it nothing like it literally just felt like a spine of a scapula uh where supraspinatus should have been and um you know I think he got an MRI and everything. And doctor pretty much cons- confirmed that he has, he didn't have a supraspinatus. Wow. So yeah, this guy now he's a personal trainer and I don't think, um, you know, he didn't quite go pro, but he's referred me patients in, in the past. Um, and I remembered him too. It's like, Oh, you remember me? I'm the guy without a supraspinatus. And now he's like a personal trainer. He's like, I just work around it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that was only, that was unilateral and it was right. some sort of, I don't know. I don't know if he had a, if he just was born with that one or if he had a nerve injury a long time ago, but I mean, to have it bilaterally, I mean, what are the odds of, of having a, a bilateral nerve injury or a bilateral, a bilateral disc protrusion that is posterior lateral greater than one on one side than the other. But I mean, like you said, it's also only, it's not along the entire myotome. He doesn't right. have any sensory issues. He doesn't have any sensory issues, right? No sensory um, issues, no pain. Yeah. I mean, you you would think you would think that it is some sort of peripheral nerve issue, but I mean yeah. bilateral peripheral nerve is, is odd. And you know, he doesn't have like Very odd. he's not like a cro- he's not like a crossfitter or something. Like he doesn't do no. like a lot of overhead yeah, that's strange. No mechanism, no real upper body workout history, no repetitive upper body. You know he's a he's a school principal. He doesn't do all. He doesn't do no manual labor. I mean, you know. I mean, does uh, he sleep? Uh, they sleep like with his arms over his head, or prone or something like that. You know, that's, yeah, that's the one thing I know. can think of. It's like, is it? Is it some sort of like, like a Saturday Night Palsy, but bilateral, right. but he favors one side. You know, but that would yeah. still, still wouldn't account for like the atrophy in yeah. one muscle too, yeah. not like the infraspinatus yeah. too, not the supraspinatus. Strange. Is yeah, it's just infraspinatus fossa. It's um, and it's funny too because it's like at the same time, one of my colleagues has a patient who does like surveying, so it's always like carrying like heavy equipment on one side, and he has significant atrophy and weakness in his arm, but it's more his is more like periscapular weakness, and it's almost like it looks more like a brachial plexus injury, and the. We we referred he we referred him to a peripheral neurosurgeon in the in the uh, in the area, and he thought it might be like Parsonage Turner syndrome. If you're familiar with that, which is I a, am not familiar with that. It's it's it's, a, it's basically a, it's a it's a type of brachial plexus injury, usually characterized by, but it's usually characterized by significant shoulder pain, which this guy also didn't have. My my colleague's patient, 
um, but then atrophy and wasting. It can be from a repetitive stress injury, but it can also be from like a virus that somehow affects the, the, the nerves and the brachial plexus. Um, but, and so that's got me thinking too, with my patient, would, would that be kind of, could that be a similar thing? But again, the fact that it's bilateral, the, the fact that it's not as it's much more localized is just, you know, but then again, you think of it's infraspinatus abduction, you wouldn't expect to be that weak. But I know, I know you're, really you're, you're saying that. And I was like, he keeps on saying, uh, he said suprascapular nerve, and then he said abduction right. and external rotation. And like, <laughs> it, it, it could be affects deltoid too, but he's just not very muscular, so it, you can't. I can't tell there's atrophy in, in his delt in his deltoids, and it just doesn't have much there, you know. But you can really see it in the uh, in the in the infraspinatus region. So uh, I'm I'm definitely going to have to get update you when I when there's more st- uh, stuff done. This is just early on. I've only seen him twice. Um, so it's just we're still early on in the diagnostic process because there's just other stuff that has to be done to kind of help kind of work through the work through the trees here. Sure, sure. Well, if any of you listeners um, have any experience or have seen something similar and can offer any kind of differentials or any ideas about what's going on, we'd appreciate some help, too. So uh, we don't always have all the answers, even though we used to think we did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, where can people find you, Andrew? People can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter and threads, uh, A Rothschild PT. All right. Hey, if you like this story, or if you have any kind of interesting cases or big physio failures, make sure to reach out to us. Uh, subscribe to Untold Physio Stories uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. And as always, you guys have a great day.